Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Bad Buddy, episode 10 of the Thai BL drama series. Okay, peeps, this premiered on Friday, and I don't know about you, but it's kind of the highlight of my week so far. I mean, we're just starting the weekend, so I'm sure there will be a lot of highlights, but... This was an absolutely amazing episode if you are a fan of this series. I was very disturbed last week when I found out they were delaying episode 10 for one week because of New Year's. I'm like, you know, that's not very festive. You know, I'm just saying. So anyway, you can go check out my rant on why I'm upset about that and some options that you could have watched if you weren't able to watch Bad Buddy that Friday or Saturday, depending on where you live on the planet. Anyway, no, Friday or, yeah, Friday or Saturday. Moving on, though. Okay, so, Bad Buddy, episode 10. This was an amazing episode. I liked it for so many reasons. It's kind of hard for me to encapsulate in a single podcast, but we're going to try here. First off, I am loving the series for One of my favorite reasons, I think, is, yes, we do have a BL drama where people do like each other, but we don't have excessive scenes of over-the-top, what I would call not-kid-friendly behavior. I really am liking that aspect of this drama series. I mean, we have Pat and Pran who live across the hall from each other in their dorms and often stay in the same room, but nothing really happens. They just happen to conk out on the same bed and fight over Nongdal. I mean, you know, this is not usual for most Yale dramas, I would say, or for most rom-com type dramas at all. I mean, there's many things that couples do, but it's not fighting over Nongdal and just conking on the bed. So anyway, I (coughs) am really liking that. I'm not liking allergies. Just a moment. So, number one, I'm really liking that aspect, that Pat and Pram have a very healthy relationship. They're both crazy about one another, but they're also not rushing into things by any stretch of the word. I am also liking, in this episode, that we have a scene where, at the beginning of the episode, Pat wakes up in Pran's bed with Nongdal because he has slept in again because he's not a very good morning person. And Pran calls him and asks him, can you please bring me my zip drive for my school file? Well, Pran, Pat is like, I, I am tired. This is not Pat. Pat is not available. And Pran's like, you're going to get out of that bed, Pat. You're going to go over to my computer. I have changed the passcode. And you are going to get me my zip drive and bring it to the engineering department. Because that is what you are doing. Because you're in my dorm and you happen to be sleeping there. And yes, you can bring me my zip drive. Because it's like, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning. So anyway, Pat, very slowly, I am sure gets up, gets the zip drive, goes to the engineering department, and he is waylined by three of Pat's friends. All the friends kind of jostle him around and take him to where Pat supposedly is and kind of slightly terrify him because Pat knows the engineering was not too keen on the, actually architecture was not too keen on the fact that he is an engineering student. It has nothing to do with them being of the same sex and dating. It has everything to do with their faculties. So anyway, 
but moving on. So Pat is kind of stressed out because he's like, why are they jostling me? Are they going to try to beat me up? There's three of them compared to one of me. I'm just trying to take Pat his zip drive. So he goes up to the stairs and Pat is standing there kind of laughing. And it is really interesting to see as this series progressed, how Pat, not Pat, Pran, I'm sorry, it's a day for me and I need coffee. But anyway, Pran slowly lets down his guard. And I really like seeing that in the series because you have someone who is raised to be like uber type A. I mean, they cannot have anything out of order because that was the way they were raised. And you see them kind of gradually calm down about things. I think this episode shows Pran gradually allowing himself to be vulnerable in very unexpected ways. And it's it's quite interesting to see. I think the last scene is probably the most it's a very sad scene, but it was one of my favorite scenes of this whole series, even though it's it's a heartbreaking scene, because you finally get to see Pran completely trust someone enough to let his guard down. And he's never done that before. And it's Pat. And that's kind of interesting to see. And also to see how Pat reacts to that and how they really are a good couple because of how they relate to each other relationally in a very mature way that is way beyond their years. I mean, you've seen people who are married 50 years and they still don't know how to deal with things well as a couple. So I'm just saying these two kids are really interesting there. But anyway, Pat Pran is standing there on the top of the steps and his friends are saying, so so you say you like this guy, then then tell him you like him in front of everyone here. And and Pat is like, um I, I like you, Pat Pran. I do like you a lot. <laughs> and Pran's like, um, excuse me, you're saying this so quietly and you supposedly are so brave and bold and yet you can't tell me in front of my friends and my faculty that you like me, Pat. This is weird for your size. And so at the end of the day, Pat climbs up the stairs. He says, I like you. I like you. You're the only person I really love and I'm head over heels for you, Pran. And Pratt says, no, no, that's better. And he said, and Pat's like, you know, this is more like an engagement party thing that we do in Thailand. This is not like I'm handing you my zip, your zip drive, you, you crazy person who has to have the chopsticks the same link, who will always lift the seats in the toilet, and who has to have everything in a straight line because you can't handle disorganization. And you obviously care about me too, or you wouldn't have changed your password from Pat. Pran is so cool. Pran's so cool to Pran in love. <laughs> so anyway, they have that moment together at their college. Simultaneously, we have the story, the ongoing saga, as it were, of Ink and Pa. Pa is Pat's younger sister. Ink is Pat and Pran's schoolmate from high school. She is in the arts department because she's into photography and media. So that's what her major is in. And Pa is confused because in the previous episode, Pat, Pa was asked by Ink as she was leaving um, the dorm with her um, after having dinner with Pat and Pran and Ink and Pa together. Um, Ink asked her if she was considering seeing anyone and and Pa said no I'm, I'm not seeing anyone I'm you know my inbox for that isn't really full the only stipulations I have is you know I have to be comfortable around them and they have to be taller than me 
I'm like, that's kind of an interesting thing, you know, I don't know, but height is important to some people. It's like, I want to be with someone taller. I'm like, you know, I guess you'll always have someone to look up to, but that's kind of a weird, you know, thing. But anyway, so that's pause stipulations. And Ink says, well, you're comfortable around me and I am taller than you, Pa. And Ink and Pa kind of stand there for a moment. And Pa doesn't know what to do with this information because she's like, I, I never really thought about that that way. I was, you know, that's kind of out of left field. That's not your normal soup and pie question, as they say in Finding Forrester. So Pa's a little taken aback. Ink says, I'm just kidding, Pa. It's okay. I was trying to make a joke. Just stay calm. I'm I'm going to go do my projects over here because I have to be somewhere. Da, da, da. And so she leaves Pa by herself. And in this episode, Pa is trying to determine what she thinks about this whole thing. So she's talking with her brother who is trying to figure out why Pat and Pran are trying to figure out why their parents hate each other. Because they went to the hospital to get a checkup. Um, Pran was seen coming out of Pat's hospital room at the beginning of this episode. Pat said that he was coming out of the hospital room because he decided to put in a good word for Pat that he did not have the gun using the CCTV footage, which was entirely honest, but was not the reason that Pran was at the hospital. Well, it's a half truth. He was there partly for that, but he was also there to be with Pat. But anyway, so he kind of dodged a bullet on that one for having to tell his folks that he's dating the arch nemesis's son. I don't know. So anyway, but they go back to the hospital for a checkup and Pat and Pran are kind of joking around with each other and they're not doing anything inappropriate. Um, Pat is acting like he needs support as he walks down the hallway and, and Pran's like, you don't need support, you need a, a kick. But anyway, I'll help you down the hallway since you're being dramatic. Maybe you should be an acting major instead of a engineer major. And so they're kind of going back and forth and they happen to see that Pran's parents' servant is at the hospital too. And he's seeing them kind of horse around. And they decide to tell the servant that they are dating. And it's, I love how the servant kind of takes it. He's like, well, it really doesn't surprise me. I, I saw you guys messing around at not, and I don't mean messing around like most people who messing around. I mean, joking around with one another at the trash cans. And I saw you in the hospital today. And, you know, it's nice to see that you get along even though your parents don't. <laughs> And so anyway, that's what the servant of Pran's folks says. And Pat and Pran kind of look at him and goes, do you know why our parents have always been enemies? I know it was supposedly because of the business and because you went to work for Pran's folks instead of Pat's folks, but what, what is your idea on this? And the servant says, that's, that's not why your parents hate each other. He said, you know, it had nothing to do with the business. We found a, there was a cheaper Chinese supplier. That's why we got better deals. And I went to work for Pran's folks because I needed a job and they offered me one. And it was a hard time during that, that time period in Thailand, economically. So it has nothing to do with your parents' discord predates me by far so it, I know that's what they told you but it had nothing to do with me and it had nothing to do with the business so I'm not sure why they dislike each other but it was not because of that so anyway this sets Pran and Pat out on a journey to try to figure out what happened with their folks to 
cause a rift that would make them want to raise their children to hate one another, which as we know, didn't work out all so well. So anyway, this leads Pat and Pran to discover that Pran's mother and Pat's father went to the same high school as Pat and Pran did. And also his mother ran, won a beauty competition. Um, Pran's father went abroad for his education, so was excluded from this whole issue. But anyway, this leads Pat and Pran to go to their old school together to kind of figure out what's happening. At the same time, Pat's sister, Pa, is asking Pat, how do I know if someone likes me? Because she's like, I don't know if Inc. likes me like in a romantic way or if she likes me because, you know, she's two years older. She's been friends with my brother. She's friends with my brother's boyfriend. They've known each other for years. Maybe I'm just the younger sibling who happens to be in on the conversation and she's looking after me because she wants to take care of me because I'm friends of her friends and did it. So Pa is trying to figure this out because she's like, Ink is at the restaurants I go to when I'm there with my friends. Ink is always buying me treats and leaving things, snacks that other people leave her for me. And I really don't know if this is like obvious flirting like you would consider typically or if she's just being nice because Ink is a nice person. And you know, I think that's one thing I really like about Ink. I mean, she's one of my favorite characters in any drama to be quite honest, because she's just, no nonsense she's like da, 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 da. and she really is very helpful and nice and just you know no drama I mean it's nice to meet women in drama with no drama if if you understand what I'm saying here peeps so anyway so ink and pa pa's trying to dis discern this information and she's talking to pat about it as he's trying to figure out what's going on with their parents and and pat's pat and Oh, Pran. I'm sorry. I always get them confused. The double P's. But anyway, so Pat and Pran's parents, he's trying, Pat is trying to figure that out with Pran and his sister is trying to get his advice on how do I know if someone likes you, likes me? And he says, well, Pa, you're the one who came out with like the signs of how I should know someone likes me. If I look in their eyes, if I touch their hand, you know, you could try out your own advice and see if maybe that gives you some kind of inclination on this situation. Now, he does not know that Pa likes ink at this point. So anyway, Pat and Pran decide to go to their old school together to kind of figure out what happened between Pran's mother and Pat's father. Well, they find out that Pran's mother and Pat's father were always at the top of their class scholastically. Pat's father was always at the top of his class, but Pran's mother was always helping with projects, very, very smart in science and all different subjects. So they were very, very good friends. And they asked their teacher, well, what happened to cause the discord? Because obviously they weren't good friends by the end of it because Pran got pulled out of school when they found out I was hanging out with Pran in music band practice. And the teacher says, you know, I don't know what happened between your folks, but given that they were both teenagers, given that they worked together constantly on projects, maybe it had to do with romance, you know, all those tangled up feelings that sometimes teenagers have about one another. I don't know, but that's just a guess that maybe there was something that happened that way. So anyway, they, they end up leaving there without very many answers. However, they do have a little moment here where 
Pran is watching them play guitar, a couple of kids that he knows that are younger than him. And they're playing the song that he played at the Freshie Day music concert. And Pran wants him to, or Pat wants him to play, play the guitar a little bit. And Pran says, no, no, um, my mom doesn't want me to play guitar. Um, this isn't a good idea. And he's just, he's just shutting down. And I think that's one thing with, with Pran, he tends to shut down. It's like he, he, he really wants to do something, but he's totally afraid that it will maybe cause trouble for those around him. So he shuts down. And Pat is watching him shut down, as it were, with this guitar thing. And Pat looks at the couple of kids who are playing guitar and he says, you know what, I want you to go guys, go buy me a tea and buy Pran a tea and here's some money and keep the change. And it's quite a bit so they could all get a drink. And so he basically sends the boys to go get tea, leaving him and Pat in the guitar room. And he takes the guitar and he's just kind of playing with it, Pat is, and, he's, and he hands it to Pran. He says, Pran, here, play me that song that you were working on for the Fresh Idiot con con concert. And he says, no, no, I'm, I'm not playing that song. I, I didn't finish it. And Pat says, why can't you play the guitar, Pran? And Pran says, well, you know my mom. And Pat looks at him, he goes, Pran, if we're doing things based on what your mother says, we would never be together because your mother said for you to avoid me at all costs and now we've been dating for a while. So you can't really use your mom as an excuse to not play the guitar. So can you please play me the piece of the song that you wrote and I will tell you something if you play me that song. And so Pran plays him the song, which is basically about what love is like, but we, we leave out the part about what it is about, that that whole part is gone. So I'm guessing they'll come back in a nice round rag and on that here in the next couple of episodes. But anyway, so he finishes playing this part of the song that he remembers. And then Pat tells him, he says, you know, the day that you left school, I ran after you with the guitar because I wanted you to have it, but I didn't make it in time. And looks at him and goes so you're telling me that you liked me for years and years and have been quietly pursuing me kind of incognito because that would mean that I win <laughs> because they were basically vying for each other on who falls in love first and Pat says no I wasn't following you because I was passionately caring about you at that point I was following you because I liked you a lot and that was your guitar and I wanted you to have it even though things weren't real good between the situation back then. It's also during this time that they have a little discussion because when they come up to the school, Pran is remembering how Pat was always late for school and ended up having to dance around in a circle tipped over because that was the punishment the teacher had for being late. And when he was a little boy, he would step out of class to watch Pat be punished and he's thinking about this and as they're coming up to the school and Pat looks at him and goes you're thinking about me being punished on mornings when I was late and and Pran says no I wasn't thinking about that at all and he says yes you were you had that same face when you were like eight years old looking at me so that proves that you were you know watching me from afar even back then <laughs> and Pran is like you know I don't think it was, you know, reasons of romantic intrigue that I was watching you get punished when you were eight. It was because, I don't know, I kind of took a satisfaction out of you being in trouble. So anyway, they have this nice little kind of reminiscent time at their high school. They then go back to 
the regular day-to-day -day life they find they find out that you know they're buying groceries for school it's also during this time i'm sorry i'm kind of switching channels but they they're buying groceries for themselves and having kind of a nice outing at the same time about i think it was the evening before in the storyline pa decided to tell um pat she said i I do like someone, Pat. They're eating noodles together at the wonton stand. And Pat says, yes, my sister likes someone. Who is it, Pat? Or who is it, Pa? Who do you like? And and Pa says, I I like a girl. And, and Pat says, you like a girl? Okay. He said, well, you know, if I can like the arch enemy, neighbor boy, then I think you liking a girl would be perfectly fine for our parents. And so he says, so who is it? Who do you like? And she says, here, I'll, sh I'll show you, Pat. And so she hands Pat her phone and, and Pat's looking at the phone eating his wonton soup. And he's like, I'm sorry, Pa, I'm not really getting it. I know you like a girl, but the only person I'm seeing in these pictures is Ink. So who do you like? Because this is just Ink. And Pa says, I, I like Ink, Pat. And he says, ah, light bulb goes off in his head. And he goes, ah, you like ink. Well, ink is a really nice person. That is a great thing that you like ink. And she says, are you upset? Because I know that you thought you liked her before at one point. He says, no, no, I'm not upset. He says, basically, I've got Pran. And we never dated. So I don't really feel bad that you like ink at all. So he's like, I just feel kind of weird that, you know, the brother didn't have a chance with ink, but the sister does. So, you know, I, you win some, you'll lose some. And so they basically have this jovial moment between one another about ink, liking, or Pa liking ink. The next day, Pa and ink kind of have a little chat. Um, pa figures out that ink is her pure mentor. So she thinks that she's been being nice to her because she was supposed to as pure mentor. So she decides to ask Ink if they could meet in the dark room to go have a nice time together in the evening. And when she finds out Ink is her peer mentor, she's like, Ink, did you, you were my peer mentor. So you were just being nice to me because you're my peer mentor. And Ink says, I was your peer mentor. That is absolutely true. Yes, I am your peer mentor. And yes, I do do nice things because I'm your peer mentor. But I would like to point out that I had to fight every single person on the faculty to be your peer mentor because I do like you. And, and pause like, I am kind of confused at this point. Also, we have a moment when Ink or when Pa does decide that she likes Ink when they're taking pictures and she tries these signs, as it were, where Y tries to flirt with Pa with Ink there. And that really doesn't go well. And Fran is watching Ink and Pa and Y attempting his. I don't know what you would call it. I mean, no woman on earth that I know would ever be attracted to why with the methods that he uses. I mean, our guy for that matter, I'm like, I don't know who, why will ever end up with given his flirting prowess as it were. I mean, it's like, it can only go up because it starts at zero, if you know what I mean. So anyway, why attempts to flirt with Pa gets stared down at by Ink, which I'm like, you know, 
Ink is a lovely person, but I would not want to be on the wrong side of that woman, especially late at night walking home from school. So I'm just saying I wouldn't mess with her. So anyway, why kind of quits flirting? And Francis, you know why, if you want to date Paul, pa, why are you just, you know, leaving? And, and why goes, because, um, because Pran, Ink is looking at me kind of the same way that Pat looked at me before I knew you two were dating. And I am not risking being hurt because I like Pa. I guess I will just die of a broken heart. <laughs> so anyway, they have this little interlude. Pa tells Pat that she likes Ink. Then we have the dark room where Pa basically says, you know, I kind of like you, but I think now that you like me because you're my mentor and I'm confused. And Pa says, well, our Ink says, well, I did like you because I'm your mentor, but I fought everyone to be your mentor. And I've liked you since high school because I liked your smile and I wanted to be the only person with that smile. And so they basically have a moment where they agree to be a couple in a way, I guess you could say, I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, so I think this is the first Thai BL drama series I've seen with two girls together. Kind of weird, but they don't really show up in Thai dramas too much. Anyway, so, and Ink is a fabulous person. I'm like, you know, Pa could do far, far, far worse than Ink, if we're going to look at it this way. And Pa is a really cool person too. So I'm like, you know, they really do make a good couple. So anyway, and I don't mean far, far worse in a bad way. I'm just, that's how I look at life. It's like, well, they're a really nice couple. And considering Pa's alternative, I'm like, you know, no one in their right mind would say why is a better choice. Okay. I mean, no offense. I'm just saying, yeah, words do not express how I feel about why. Okay, moving on. So Pat and Pran are grocery shopping and trying to get Pran's guitar fixed. And they also ate out at the restaurant. So they have their cart loaded with things friends, guitar, etc. They've had a nice meal together and they're just kind of chatting and joking, etc. And Pran makes the mistake as, as Pat is being particularly clingy. I mean, I think he was a dog in a past life. So anyway, he says, oh, there's your dad. And Pat completely quits um, being clingy. And his dad is not there, of course. But then they're walking along, chatting, having fun. And Pat's dad is there and Pat's mom is there and they know that they were more than friendly if you want to say it that way. Although I will say if I were walking by Pat and Pran, I probably would just assume that they were really good friends or brothers. But you know, I lived with Bob for years and we just hung out and were kind of zany sometimes and I just, yeah, I'm just going, you know, I wouldn't really think they were probably a couple. I just assumed that they were, you know, brothers or if someone said, oh, they're a couple, I go, oh, good along well, that's amazing. So anyway, but Pat's dad is upset and he's like, who is, what are you doing with this kid from the next door? And Pat is like, we're, we're friends, dad. It's, you know, we're out shopping together. He says, a friend doesn't, you know, cling on somebody like a lost dog. And he doesn't say that, I'm saying that. And and then basically he starts to lunge at Pat's, Pat's dad does. And Pran tries to get between them, not because he's trying basically to uh, 
to cushion a hit, but he thinks, you know, I'm just going to get between them, hopefully calm him down, etc. What happens instead is Pat's dad pushes Pran against a wall to the floor. Pran is kind of shocked because Pran is not really, um, not really into fighting. And also he's kind of, I would say, I don't really know a good term for it. He's overwhelmed and I think kind of panicking, to be quite honest, Pran is. And I don't blame it all. I mean, I've totally been there before. It's like you see things going and you're going, oh boy, what are we going to do? So anyway, Pran is panicking. They're on the floor trying to figure out what the hell to do because he's like, I can't really run and leave the situation because I'm not going to leave Pat to deal with his dad being deranged in public. I mean, not that it's good in private either, let's face it. But Pat then looks at his dad. And I do have to say, it's a really hard pick between the two characters of Pat and Pran, who is my favorite. I think I like them together as a couple, which is really weird for Anna, because normally I have to sit there and go, you know, I like one character of this couple better than the other because of these character traits. It's never because of appearances, peeps, because uh, appearances just aren't my thing. So anyway, but I do have to say with a couple of Pat and Pran, I think the thing that I like most about Pat is exemplified in this scene, for example, because Pat looks at his dad, who has just pushed Pran to the floor, and he's going, you know what? This is wrong. I don't care if you are my dad. I don't care if you were the president of wherever. This is wrong. You do not push someone to the floor and, you know, try to hit your son because you have a fight with the neighbor that you think needs to be passed on to your children because this is insanity. And Pat looks at his dad and he goes, you know what? We are friends. We are more than friends. We are dating. And really that is kind of, I mean, Pat doesn't say this, but you can tell he's looking at his dad. He's going, you know, that is really beside the point. The point is, is this is not what adult human beings do. And I think, you know, it's a really sad state of affairs when the child has to sit there as a grown adult and tell their parent, you know, this isn't how we behave. I don't know where you think behaving like an adult means pushing another person to the ground simply because you had an argument with their parents years in the past, but this is not that day. And so Pat looks at his dad and goes, you know, I know that you lied to me about why Pat and Pran and I's parents hated each other and all that. I know that's a lie, but the thing is, is this is not what you do. And yes, we are dating. And yes, we have been dating. And you were probably basically going to find out about it eventually, but I guess you find out about it this way. And so Pat's dad leaves because now he's embarrassed because everyone has seen him push Pran to the ground. Pran is just sitting there kind of days going, I really don't know how to deal with this. I'm on overload. And you can tell he's sitting there going, I am overwhelmed. I'm not sure how to handle this. So Pran's, Pat's dad and mom leave. Pat tries to help Pran up. He says, okay, are you okay? Are you all right? And Pran goes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Go talk to your dad. And, and Pat does not want to leave. He says, are you really okay? And Pran kind of unloads on him. He goes, yes, I'm fine. Da, da, da. Go talk to your dad. And it's at this point, you can tell Pran basically has a meltdown. He starts to cry. He leaves the grocery mall area. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen a grocery store quite like this. It's like groceries and mall altogether. Kind of different. I don't know if it's just Bangkok thing or something. I don't know. But anyway, so he leaves the store 
and Pat leaves the store in opposite directions. Pran then goes home and Pat goes home. Um, Pat has a kind of knockdown drag out fight with his father and Pran has a fight with his mother. Now when Pat goes home, Pran goes home with his guitar. He leaves the guitar outside because he knows that his mom would probably throw it out the window. She saw it. And he goes in to talk to his mom. His servant has warned him that his mom kind of knows what's going on. And I'm not really sure how the mom knows what's going on. I'm like, how, how did she figure out what happened at the mall? I mean, that's kind of weird. But anyway, so he goes in, the servant says, would you like me to come in with you? And I really wish the servant had gone in with him because then his mother wouldn't have been, I don't know a nice word for it, a trollop. So maybe not, it's a nicer word than I could have used for right now. But anyway, she unloads on Pran. She basically tells him, you tell me what you did. And, and Pran says, mom, you know what I did. Why are you asking me what I did? And he says, yes, I friends with Pat, basically. Yes, we are dating. And she says, well, you you know that he's part of that family over there. And, and Prince like, you know what, mom? I know everything that you told me about that was a lie. And I know that you don't like that family. And I know that you think they're disgusting and terrible and awful. But really, are you any better because you lied to your children and you made me not relate like other kids because of your problems that you didn't get a handle on. It's at this point that Pran's mom slaps him and Pran looks at her and goes, you know what? Basically, you can tell in his eyes. He's like, you know, I have been a good kid. I have done everything my parents wanted me to do. I have decided to be with Pat because Pat is a good person, despite his family and despite my family. And if my mom doesn't get that after years and years of me trying to do everything to please her, I guess it's not worth it. And he walks out of the house. And his mother knows at that point, I think, you know, I don't really understand why parents would decide to slap their children. It's like, you know, your child is a human being. It doesn't ever, nothing is explanatory for slapping a child. I don't care if you're, nothing is explanatory for slapping any human being. I mean, let's face it. But she was mad because years and years ago, she had a problem with Pat's father. And she never dealt with that problem. So she thinks she needs to make her children miserable, or her child miserable, because, oh, goodness, they might have a chance of happiness. And let's just waylay it because we had our, I don't know, issues in the past. So yeah, I mean, I'm not very impressed with Pran's mom. So anyway, Pran's mom walks over to Pat's house as Pat and his dad are having a bit of a knockdown drag out, if you want to call it that. That's where we called it, where I came from. But anyway, she walks in and says, you know what? I have for years dealt with the fact that you Pat's dad are a terrible person because you went to the teacher and told him that I didn't want to go to university and you took my scholarship when I was in high school back when I was 19, which you know was almost 20, I, yeah, over 20 years ago, peeps in this story. And she's like, and I have dealt with that, but basically I'm ticked because I did something wrong with my kid and I'm gonna come over here and make you pay. And then she walks out. This whole scene is kind of confusing to Anna because I'm like, you know, I don't see why Pran's mother didn't march into the teacher herself back, you know, when she was 18 or 19 and say, I do want to go to university and I do want that scholarship. I mean, why did she just take that lying down, peeps? I mean, no offense. I'm like, 
you know, it's nice to be able to blame someone else for your problems, but at some point you have to sit there and go, you know, that person might be a scum sucking pig, but still I could have done something about this. I was able to walk into the school and say, so-and-so is lying. I would like that Skylar stuff and I would like to go to university. So this whole twist in the story really doesn't work for Anna because I'm going, you know, Pran's mom is just kind of a wuss. I mean, and Pat's dad is the scum-sucking pig. I will be the first to admit that he should never have told the teacher that he was going to university. He won the scholarship because she wasn't wanting to go to university. But still, I'm sitting there going, one, two wrongs don't make a right on this deal. So anyway, Pat finds out that his dad took Pran's mom's scholarship. And he kind of looks at his dad and he's like, you know, it's just not worth it. I think both boys at this point have kind of realized that they're both interesting, I think, because their parents are abject failures when it comes to relating to humanoids well, but the boys somehow have a really good character. I mean, in different ways, but they both kind of have this moment of realization when they realize that both their parents kind of suck. I mean, it's just one of those things. And, you know, it's one of those And you're like, you know, this is the hormones. This is the, you know, that kind of thing. But it doesn't really have any weight. But in this case, I do have to say Pat and Pran have very valid reasons for sitting there going, my parents' behavior absolutely sucks and I want no part in it. So anyway, Pran leaves the house with his mother calling after him going, you know, son, if you only knew how much stress your grandfather put on your father, it really explains all this so well. And, and Pran is looking at, or Pat is looking at his mom going, you know, if I did what my dad did, you both would hogtie me and punish me to no end because you have raised me to be better than that. So anyway, Pat leaves his house. Pran has walked off. I hope he took his guitar with him. And in the next scene, Pran is up on the rooftop and he really is just absolutely overwhelmed. You can see he's sitting there going and he's got his phone out like he's probably trying to call um, Pat. And it, the day has just gone terrible. I mean, he's had his mom basically slap him, yell at him for things that really were her own fault. I mean, yes, I will be the first to admit it was very wrong of Pat's dad to take the scholarship. But the point is, is she really gave it away when you think about it. She could have marched in there. She could have defended herself. I mean, to sit here 20 years later after the fact and go, da, 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 I mean, it's really a wuss thing to do. I I don't mean it bad. I'm like, girl up, girl. So anyway, I have no truck for Pran's mom or Pat's dad on this deal. They are both so in the wrong. It is mind blowing. But anyway, Pran is sitting there on the rooftop going, I can probably never go home again. Pat and I are probably not going to be able to be a couple now. What on earth do I do? And he's just kind of, it's like in, um, overboard the movie with Goldie Hawn where she says bah, 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 bah. so anyway he's having his bah, 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 bah moment and I can't blame him one bit for it when um Pat comes up to the rooftop and he just basically he looks at he looks at Pran and he goes it's you know it's okay or he doesn't really say anything and Pran just completely loses it 
with Pat in this scene. I mean, he's bawling, he's crying. He's, he's just absolutely beside himself. And I do have to say, this is one of my, I think it's my top two scenes in this entire show. I mean, it's really hard for me to pick because there are about probably five scenes in this show so far that I really, really like. But I think this is one of the top two. And the main reason is because Pat just sits there and lets Pran ball his eyes out. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of sits there. He pats him a little bit. He's like, it's going to be okay. And you can tell as he's doing that, you can see Pran is completely losing it. Pat is sitting on the other side, not bawling his eyes out, but he's got a couple of tears streaming on his face. And you can tell he's like, I don't know what we're going to do to fix this, but we are not going to live in this situation. <laughs> and I really like that point, Pat, because it's like, you can tell that he has counted to 10, as they say in Brother or Brother Arica. He's like, you know, our parents might be travesties. They might have done terrible things, but they have no right to make Pat ball his eyes out like this or make me and him miserable. So Pran, Pat kind of looks at Pat after, or looks at Pran after he kind of calms down. He says, and, and Pran says, I just can't do this anymore right now. It's too much. And, and Pat looks at him and goes, you know what? We're just going to get away for a little bit. It's not, we're not running away basically, but we're going to kind of go on a little trip and let this blow over just a wee bit before we come and live our lives in the real world again. And that's where this episode ends. Again, that is one of my favorite scenes. I mean, yes, it's heartbreaking to see Pran absolutely lose it. Because I mean, if you've lived long enough, we all have our moments where it's like, you know, we might be stalwart to the end, but there are moments when it's like, you do lose it. But the thing I think I like best about this whole episode was Pran really didn't have anyone that he could trust to lose it with. And now he does. And Pat is sitting there also. And he has someone who he's like, you know, the world has fallen apart, but we are still a couple. Interesting. And I mean, no offense, but I think that's one thing that has been unique about Bad Betty is at the times and places where the characters usually have a breakup or a momentary pause in their relationship, if you will. In Bad Buddy, it's actually where the characters become stronger together, which I think is what kind of sets it apart. I, I mean, I would like this drama whether it was a BL or not. And honestly, that's how I feel about all BL dramas. I really am kind of sick and tired that we have to genre how everything into little cubicles. Like we have rom-coms here, we have BLs here. We have, I don't know what kind of dramas. There are so many genres, so little time. But the thing that I really liked about Bad Buddy so far is every time that there is a conflict, every time that there is a battle that could happen, they both surmount it surprisingly well, even though they are totally ill-equipped by their upbringing to do so. I mean, both these kids grew up in terrible conflict, being told lies by both sets of parents. Both of them have a great desire to try to please these parents who you find out, you know, they could work until they're dead and probably still not make them happy. And at the end of the day, they're sitting there going, you know what? It's not really worth it. And I think what sets this apart, it reminds me kind of, the more that I watch this show, the more that I think, and I have not, again, full caveat here, I have not watched all of Bad Romance and 
I think it's called, I don't remember the sequel. I'm sorry, guys. I have not watched all that series because there are many issues I have with that series. I'm not going into details here, but you can all kind of guess what I'm thinking. It's not it's not kitty friendly if you if you get my meaning here. But anyway, but there are parts of it that I like. I mean, Corn and Knock are an interesting couple. But the thing that I think Bad Buddy is, is it brings the positive attributes of characters that are couples like Corn and Knock. And I'm looking at Pat and Pran and I'm going, you know, really, when I think about it, Pat and Pran are really a more perfected version, if you will, of the corn and not couple archetype. I mean, and I'm not saying it because it's a BL drama. I'm just saying the, the archetype of kind of friends who become more than friends, but they do it in a much healthier way than corn and knock. I mean, no offense. I mean, we can all sit there and go, you know, corn and knock, their start was not the healthiest of relationship starts. I mean, no offense. But anyway, and I'm saying, you know, by the end of that story, though, they were a really good couple, even though, yeah, there was there were significant issues with that relationship. But the thing that I like about Bad Buddy is you have couples like Corn and Knock type couples who they're really good friends. They understand the way each other works. They sit there and laugh at their own idiosyncrasies. But at the end of the day, they're sitting there going, I love this person to bits, even though they drive me nuts. And I love that kind of characteristic. I love the the honesty, if you will, of that kind of relationship. And I think that's kind of what sets Bad Buddy apart, as, as well as the fact that because of that kind of relationship dynamic, they also have, every time there's a, there's a seizure or a conflict, they deal with it in a very healthy manner. And I think that's one of the reasons this this BL series is probably going to go down in history as one of the better ones. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I like many BL dramas, but I have to say this one really does have a very healthy dynamic. I mean, this is one of the shows that I would sit down and watch with my kids. I mean, no offense. It's like, you know, this is a good show for kids to see because, and it's not because of BL. I watch many different, I mean, I watch Stardew. I watch Star Wars. I watch Star Trek. I watch... Dr. Quinn, I watch Andy Griffith's show, I mean, Cosby's show, I mean, I watch many, many different types of shows with my family, but the thing is that I like about this show is you're dealing with younger people, you're dealing with younger people who are trying to figure out how to care for the people that they care for, and how to care for them well, which you don't really see in a lot of young adult shows. You see people trying to care for people and you see people giving into passion, but you really don't see that. What I consider, if you want to say it, I mean, the, the term is so cliched, it's annoying to Anna, but real caring, which to me is real love. You don't really see that in most productions. You see like people are like, oh, I like this person because of their appearance. Therefore, I'm going to go out of go all out for them and be passionate and you're like at the end of the day honestly and they're going you know eventually those two characters are gonna have to do laundry as they say in Alex Cinema. so anyway but the thing that I really liked about this show so far and I think that they're probably gonna like it through the end of I mean I don't see how they could possibly torch it in the last two episodes I just don't think that's gonna happen but anyway I like that we have a very strong couple that is still very young and don't get me wrong, I really like BLs that also have people that are 
older than you know in their early 20s and I mean I think when they came out with To My Star I was like yay we finally have a BL that's not just about college students no offense to college students at all because college students are awesome I'm going back to college actually but anyway the point is I think it's nice that we have a well-rounded variety of age groups but I also think in this show it's really neat to see younger people handling difficult things well because I don't mean it weird, but when you're in your early 20s, okay, when you're any age, it is hard to handle difficult things well. I mean, you want to handle them perfectly well, but let's face it, sometimes you're sitting there going, you know, one storm at once would be fine, but five coming at once is just a little tricky to manage well. And I think this drama really does handle how do people handle things well? How do they deal with the fact that they really didn't think that they liked someone of the same sex their whole lives, but they did. Or, and I think the other thing that I think is interesting is we really don't have what I would call the gender wars in this series. I mean, we have their friends and acquaintances going, I didn't know that you liked guys, or I didn't know that you liked girls, but we don't have the characters themselves sitting there going, Ah, like we do in some of the dramas, which Anna finds intensely annoying. I mean, no offense. It's like, why these ah moments? There's no reason for ah. I mean, it is what it is in this situation, although I do hate that quote. But anyway, but the point is, is I think it's a very interesting series. I also like that we have at least two demisexual characters in the series, which let's face it, demis don't really get a lot of screen time. I mean, I can really only think of one American show that has a demo, and that would be Sheldon Cooper. I mean, that's kind of questionable, but yeah, I think Sheldon's the only one. But anyway, we have two demisexual characters with Ink and also Pran. And I mean, people could argue with that way, but you know, Pran has liked Pat singularly throughout his whole life. I mean, it's always been Pat. Now, Pat, I think Pat has had, you know, ideas about other people, but, you know, settled on Pran. That was a good decision. But anyway, um, and Ink, we have Ink who, you know, Ink kind of saw Pa when she was in high school and was like, Pa's the one for me. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to make sure I am a pyramid and I'm going to make sure I'm really nice to Pat and I'm really nice to Pran because that will help me maybe get Pa. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Ink is a nice conniving person. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've got two demis, which I think is kind of interesting as well. We also have the, you know, honestly, it's the first girl couple I have ever seen in a Thai drama. And they were a good couple as well, which I think is kind of, I mean, no offense, but girls in dramas can be kind of dramatic. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm a girl. I'm not dramatic though. I don't see why we have to be portrayed as dramatic in film. So it was really nice for Anna to see two girl characters in Pa and Ink that are not drama queens. I mean, I don't mean that bad at all. I'm just saying, and they seem very level-headed and practical for the most part. There will say Pa's a little weird sometimes, but we all have our days. So anyway, I give this episode an absolute 10 out of 10, which hardly ever happens people I think maybe I've done it three times in the history of this podcast I'm almost on I think our almost our 500th episode I honestly don't know I've lost track but I really got to update the episodes but this is our I think 
third video episode as well as audio. You can check it out on YouTube on our Check It Roundtable channel. Ah, I can honestly say it's, I'm, you know, you just see the top of my shoulders and my head and my hair, which is way too flat because of the weather here. And I have a lovely backdrop. Ooh, I love making it move. <laughs> so anyway, but it's not really that impressive. I mean, the audio version is pretty much equal to the video. So anyway, but I would give this episode an absolute 10. I did drop a link in the description so you can check out my playlist with all episodes in order if you want. I'm also going to drop a link to the Bad Buddy Chance OST playlist. This is my collection of chosen songs that I think the curators on YouTube, the creators have done a fat I've got hiccups. I am so sorry. Anyway, have done a fabulous job compiling of the Bad Buddy making these wonderful fan-made MVs. So I will drop that in the description. Now I will say there are a, I do have Cake by the Ocean on there, which if you don't want your kitties to hear maybe a couple of swear words, you might want to skip that song because I have two versions of that. I also have one of, there is one, I am not a person that cusses at all. I, I think that's one thing my friends think is very weird. I do not cuss at all. It's just not something I do because I grew up in an environment where people cussed all the time and that was not pleasant. So I don't cuss at all. Except I will sometimes when my plumbing is really bad say, darn bloody, that's not good. So that's kind of the only thing I say that is maybe not completely kosher but you will never hear me say anything else it just doesn't happen but anyway there is a song that does have the f word but the only reason i have it on that playlist is because it is a what do you call it i forgot the term because i'm not very up on all these terms now peeps i'm sorry but anyway it's a comedy video it's basically a spoof on Bad Buddy, and it is bloody hilarious. If you have, okay, I use the word bloody, but anyway, if you haven't seen it, it is it is terrible. I'm trying to think of the name of it here. Uh, what is the word that we call those spoofs? I'm sorry, peeps. I'm drawing a blank. Let me see if I can fix this here. Um, I'm gonna go to my personal channel and pull up that playlist so I can see what you call it. Yes, because I create a playlist of every BL drama that I like. So I can just turn on the playlist and kind of have fun and just listen to it and laugh at the funny scenes. Anyway, it is a, oh, what do you call it? They do not have its name. But anyway, it's the WTF made video, which if you do have small children, you might want to skip that. If you you might want to listen to it with headphones because it is bloody hilarious. Not because of the F word at all. I wish they really hadn't put that in. But whoever arranged that one did a, a wonderful job on that playlist. I have to, or that MV, because it is, it is terribly funny. The other one is the Dear Future Husband one is, I really have to say those two when I want a good laugh the Dear Future Husband and the WTF MV are, and the Sucker, the Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. Those three 
are absolutely hilarious. I mean, without a doubt, they just always make me laugh. And I don't, I don't know why exactly, except to say they're very funny and whoever edited them did the perfect timing for everything. So anyway, do check those out if you want to. And thanks for listening. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Round Table, and also the Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at on a car and that's uppercase O and uppercase C and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.